Hello, and welcome to Food Allergy Freedom with Chelsea Winterholler, a podcast to help moms who have children with food allergies find emotional freedom. This is episode 11, an interview with Sarah Payne. Hello, hello, and welcome to the podcast today. I am so excited to share this episode with you because I had the opportunity to be on Sarah Payne's podcast, and her podcast is just for the doctor's wife. So if you are the wife of a doctor or even a doctor yourself, I highly encourage you going to check out her podcast. She has some amazing and valuable insights just for you. But today, I am sharing with you her interview of me for the podcast. I am excited to share it with you. Hope you enjoy listening. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast, or welcome for the first time if you are new. I'm so happy that you are here, and I have a special guest today that I'm really excited to introduce to you. She is my dear friend and fellow life coach, Chelsea Winterholler, and she specializes in working with moms whose children have life-threatening food allergies. And I know that a lot of my listeners have um, kids with life-threatening food allergies. And so I know that this episode is going to be very useful for you. And if you're listening and you're thinking, well, I'm just going to skip this one because my kids don't have a life-threatening food allergy. I would encourage you to stay anyway, because we all have fear around our children in some way. And if you, if it's not a food allergy, then it's something else. And so just replace food allergy with whatever it is that you're most afraid of with your children or with anyone in your life that you love. And this podcast, I promise you is going to be useful for you. Now, Chelsea, I'm going to let her tell you how we know each other, but she recently became a life coach and this is kind of what happens when you start to change your life with coaching. The people around you take note and then they want to know what's up. And it's been so fun to watch Chelsea dive into this work and just uh, kind of like take the bull by the horns and um, create her own business. And so I'm just really excited to introduce her to you and to have you gain from all of her wisdom. So welcome to the podcast, Chelsea. Thank you, Sarah. I am so excited to be here. I'm happy that you're here too. This has been a long time coming. I was like thinking about this the other day and I'm like, how have I never had Chelsea on the podcast? Seriously. So it has for sure. I have talked about you on the podcast before though. For I kind sure. of remember that. I can't yes. remember why, but you so did. So the avid listeners, the diehards are going to know this is the Chelsea I talked about. It was something to do with like, um, it was about like being happy for your, the people that you love when they are successful because yes. like a rock star at that. And so I like, I was like a whole podcast dedicated to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, awesome. Thank you so much. And I, I do feel like I am good at that, which is why I am so excited to be happy for all of my food allergy mom friends that are out there. My new friends that I'm going to be gaining from this. Um, so I can just see them flourish in the ways I have from coaching. Oh my goodness. I love it. It's going to be so helpful for them. So tell us why, like how, what led you to work with moms whose kids have food allergies? 
So I have three sons. They're all pretty close in age. I have two 10 year olds and one nine year old and they, um, they're all, yeah, sorry. They're all really close in age. They're all the same size. They almost weigh the same. Everyone thinks I have triplets. Um, but my nine-year-old has an anaphylactic peanut allergy and, for pretty much eight years since we found out about his allergy, I have just had so much brain chatter and I, um, okay. Can I pause you for just a second? What was that like? Like the first time that he had went to anaphylaxis, that's how you say it, right? Yes. Like he had what he was one or not even one. Yeah. So the first time that he had an allergic reaction, he was one, he didn't even eat the peanut. I just gave him a piece of toast and he touched the peanut butter on the toast and immediately, well, within a couple of minutes, he was covered in a rash and hives all over his body. So there was a lot of panic in that moment. Of course. Did you know why? Like, did you, were you like, did you know? Yeah. So he, I mean, he never had peanut before because most of us don't give our kids peanuts until they're, because we're told that by doctors, right? Until they're 10 months to a year old. So, but the second he started getting hives, I called my sister-in-law whose son is anaphylactic to all nuts and peanuts. So I pretty much knew right away what was going on just because of my experience with my nephew. Okay. And then what? Did you do? So, yeah, I mean, then we called the doctor, gave him Benadryl, <laughs> administered medications because he hadn't consumed it. We were really lucky. He didn't put any in his mouth at that time. So we were able to just administer medications and then go to the doctor kind of as a normal appointment. Um, but that's kind of when the anxiety <laughs> began for me and the stress about my son's mortality. Yeah. Um, tell me what that, what, like, what did that sound like in your head? Yes. Oh my gosh. In my head, that was always just constantly being worried, never being able to, um, put my phone down if he was not with me. Right. Mm. So whenever he's with a caregiver, I always would need to have my phone within reach. And, um, when he started going to school, I would just incessantly go to worst case scenarios in my brain over and over, like, okay, he's eating lunch right now. What's he being exposed to? Okay. It's snack time. Okay. Did anyone bring anything um, in on their hands into the classroom this morning that is going to have my son have a reaction? So it just became like this trickle of thoughts that were spinning over and over in my brain. And he then did have a reaction at school. So when he was in kindergarten, a really, really cute little girl offered him a treat that had peanut butter in it and he accepted it and, um, he ate it and then his face started swelling and he started coughing. And the interesting thing to me is even in that moment, my six-year-old son did not, he, he was in denial that he was having Mm. a reaction. So a friend of ours had taught her son what a reaction looked like to peanuts. And he was there. 
The friend and was there. He was there. And Whoa. he, it's amazing. It's, it's truly God's hand. I feel like it's God's hand, but this mom took it very seriously that there was a child in the class that had a peanut allergy and taught her son what the signs of anaphylaxis looked like. And so this sweet little boy walked up to my son and said, Myers, you're having a reaction. And my son said, no, I'm not. <laughs> while he's coughing and swelling and getting hives on his face. And the little boy said, I don't believe you. And he ran and got a teacher <gasps> and wow. immediately. Yeah. He, I mean, he truly like his bravery and his mom educating him truly saved my son's saved life. life. Yeah. Cause he was immediately given an EpiPen and, um, I was only one minute from the school. So I got to the school right after the EpiPen was administered, but ambulance came. We sat in the back of the ambulance and talk about brain chatter. What was that phone call like for you? Yeah. Um, I, when I they're mean, like Myers is having a reaction. Yeah. Pretty debilitating. Right. My breath kind of started laboring a little bit and, um, Again, my, my, I started sweating in my palms mm -hmm. and my brain was just like, okay, hopefully I'm prepared. Hopefully those teachers are educated. Hopefully they care. Hopefully the ambulance that gets there is going to do what they need to do because I wasn't there. So I had yeah. to, I did have to like give up a lot of my control and just trust that what was going to happen was going to help my son, which at the time felt really impossible to yeah. trust. Yeah. To just step back and trust everyone else. Um, so I think it's important to stop for a second because it's really easy to believe that you were feeling that way because he was having a reaction, right? Yes. But why don't you tell everybody why you were actually feeling that way? Yes. <laughs> the beauty is now I realize that the reason why I was sweating in my palms and having labored breathing and feeling all of that stress and anxiety was because I was thinking he could die. Yeah. That was my thought. I was like, my son could die today. He could be dying right now. I had so many thoughts yeah. <laughs> going through my brain and, and that's kind of, as I look back on it, right after this event happened, I knew that I, I had to find a better way. I had to find a way to keep on moving, even though I feel this fear with my son's food allergy. And that's when I really jumped into life coaching and decided that I needed to figure a way out in my brain that I could, that I could actually like take steps forward when I was in a crisis situation. Mm -hmm. And not only when I was in crisis, but also when I'm just laying in my bed and my son is safe in his bed. Yes. And I'm going tomorrow. He has two different parties. He's going to be surrounded by his allergen. I don't know if the person who's going to be in charge of him is educated, right? I'm having all of these things. And that's when it gets crippling. Like those are the moments right. to me 
where it's so crippling, not when it's actually happening. I Right. I think it's important to like recognize that when your son is in anaphylaxis and you get a phone call and you're a minute and you're not there with him, that you probably want to have the thought he might die. Let me like you want to be in fight or like you want to be like feeling yes. the fear, right? Like that is why we have fear. But when you're laying in your bed and he's okay, and that is that is when you that, might question yes, your and thinking. Right, your body doesn't know the difference. Correct. That's when I'm like, I have to get a hold on this because I'm not, I'm, I'm not in the moment right now. No one is hurt, but because I'm thinking these thoughts, tomorrow's going to be a hard day. Mm -hmm. Tomorrow, my son could get exposed tomorrow. There's a big party and another kid's going to eat peanut butter and breathe on him. I mean, I'm laying in my bed all alone, totally freaking out. Feeling and those same feelings that you were feeling when he actually was, yeah, was having a reaction. Exactly. That is so powerful to like, we, and this isn't, we don't, our bodies don't just do this with, with anaphylaxis. We do this with social anxiety. We do this with all sorts of things, right? right? All things. I, I love like moms of teenagers. We oh do my goodness. This. Yes. Driving. Ev- every moment of every day. Yeah. And in, in the world of allergies, we, um, we do that a lot. We, we think of all the problems that are ahead of us, the financial burdens, Mm -hmm. uh, that are ahead of us. We come, we completely go, okay, if I want to put my son through a treatment program, it's going to be a $50,000 chunk of change instead of thinking, okay, what is this one appointment going to be? What is the next appointment going to be? What am I getting from each individual appointment? We, we take these big, big problems in our brain and we stack up every single issue that goes with them, right? Instead of like, what's the problem right now? What can I do right now? Is there even a problem right now when I am laying in my bed thinking that tomorrow he's going to be exposed to his allergen, there's no problem right then. Right. So, okay. So then you, you found coaching right after this incident, after this reaction, and then tell me how things changed. Like, what did you discover about yourself? Yeah, I think, um, there's a couple different things. I have two things that I've mainly discovered about myself. The first one is that not only does this work benefit me, but it also benefits my son. And there are just so many times that he too feels anxiety. Let's say about, okay, can we pause? Let's pause for just a second, because I think it's so important to note how our emotional state affects our children. So can you just walk us through like the difference, like what it was like for that you noticed with him before when you were like, would be lying in bed and you'd be anxious even though nothing was actually wrong. And then now. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Uh, no, I don't really get it. What do you want me to do? So what's the, how have you seen, how have you seen Myers change because you have started to manage your mind? Got it. Yes. I have seen so much change in him. He, he is able to look to me for confirmation because he knows that I trust myself. Okay. And, and he, he might not say those words, right? He's nine years old, but 
when when he can look to me and know that I'm trusting in the work that we have done, right? I'm trusting that we are educated on how to administer his, uh, his medications. When I am trusting that sometimes our emotions feel real and big for a reason, right? There are times that we need to panic and call. <laughs> right. Like panic. when your son is in anaphylaxis. But we need to call, we need to call the doctor. We need to get the ambulance there. We yeah. need to help. And there are other times that we can actually take a step back and know that that it's not a problem. So it it's amazing to me that when we feel we feel these big feelings, right? Like fear we immediately try to push them away. So even when I'm like, when I'm laying in my bed mm-hmm. and I'm feeling all these things, I, th- my first reaction is like, no, don't feel it. That that's a bad thing. It's a bad thing to feel. Nothing's going to go wrong. I just try and push it down. It doesn't. Can we stop right me. there? Yeah. I think that's like, so important to know that we like discount ourselves when we do right. that. Yeah. Okay. Continue. Yes. I, I totally agree. Um, we, we rob ourselves of so much. And that's something that I've learned with coaching is to actually take a minute and feel that like, okay, I am feeling fear right now for a very real reason. Tomorrow, my son will be at a party where there is his allergen. It will be there. And how does that feel to me? It feels heavy. And it makes my stomach churn. And I think I just need to lay here for a minute with my weighted blanket. That is my favorite thing to do. And just feel that. Feel the heaviness. I love naming, naming where in my body I'm feeling an emotion. And I just, sometimes I just have to feel it. And giving him permission to see me just feeling that emotion is huge. Oh, it's I love that. I'm so huge. glad you walked us through what it looks like for you. Yes. Yeah. And then, and sometimes, sometimes I do that for five minutes. Sometimes it's a few hours. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes it takes me three weeks to get ready for a party that's coming. It's different for all of us in di- every different scenario. But the magic is when I take that minute or five minutes or three hours to feel it and to process it, my body releases it a little bit, Mm. just a little, like I'm able to have just a tiny bit of relief from that feeling. And then my brain starts working differently. It jumps out of that. We're in a crisis right now mode into like, what's the reality of the situation? Have I educated Myers on food labels and what to eat? Are there people surrounding him who will know what to do? If not, can I educate them? I start problem solving. So I go from this moment of total crisis mode, everything's going wrong, to taking a minute to letting myself just process that fear. And that's the biggest emotion for me is fear. Mm-hmm. And it might it might be different for all of you, right? Yeah. It, it could be anger or you might feel scared or isolated. Mm -hmm. We all feel it different, but for me, it's fear. But when I process it, my brain then goes to a place of 
what do I want to do? Who do I want to be? Do I want him to go to the party? I start problem solving in a more rational way if I allow myself to feel that. I love that answer to why would we ever process emotions when we can just eat our feelings or um, react to them or like avoid them or push them away, right? And it's because then we can access the highest part of our brain. And as you were describing it, like it, it releases just a little bit, like I imagined like a Coke bottle, like a plastic Coke bottle, and it's all shaken up. That's you and your, and your fear. Right. And you're just like, you're just like releasing a little bit of the pressure, just a little bit. You don't have to like open up the whole Coke bottle if you're not ready or you're not in a place where you can. Right. But you can just like release a little bit of the pressure. I love that. I love that. That is so beautiful. And yeah, I mean, Sarah, there's been times where I, my body is physically manifesting the fear, right? Physically shaking. Oh, for from, sure. From that. And, and yeah, when we just leave the lid on, when we leave the lid on the bottle and we just keep pushing all that carbonation, all those feelings, mm-hmm. all those things back into the bottle, it just gets worse and worse and worse for me. That's how it feels for me. Yeah. And it can manifest itself as like actual, like physical, um, like health problems too. Right. When we like keep pushing it down, it sometimes comes out as like, not always of course, but like chronic pain or totally. And that's, that's something that drove me into coaching as well is I have, um, a friend who was having such stress and anxiety about their child, their high school son's future that for months and months she was experiencing tingling in her body, you know, and got MRIs and all of these things. And at the doctors were like, I don't know, it, it's nothing. And then guess what? She started coaching. She really mm-hmm. did not with, not with me, with another coach. And, and she started processing all of those fears about her child's future and her tingling went away. Oh my it's, goodness. Yes. It's I so totally wild that. to me. Like our mental state manifests itself in our bodies all the time. Constantly. Yeah. yeah. The brain is so, so powerful. Mm-hmm. And I just want to leave a caveat that like, if you are experiencing some of these sensations, there's nothing wrong with you or you're not doing life wrong, but like it might, and maybe, maybe the pain you're experiencing is p- purely physical, but it might be worth investigating if there's some trapped emotion in there, right? If there's some like unprocessed emotion. For sure. And I, just because I'm a life coach doesn't like make me not feel those things. Yeah. I mean, you did so, you explained so beautifully that you actually still feel it all the time. All the time. It it happens to me all the time, but now I have the tools to know like, okay, Chelsea, maybe it's okay to feel this right now. Yes. Like let's do this. Let's, let's feel this right now so that I can get to the point where I can move forward when I want to, when I'm ready to, but Mm -hmm. I, I feel it all the time. But the beauty is that now I have the tools to help myself get through that brain chatter and get, get to the point that I can move forward for me and, and for Myers. So what has been, would you say the number one tool that you have coaching tool that you've used? Is it processing emotions or something else? If you had to pick just one. I think, I don't know if I can name a specific tool, but I can tell you that working through, working through every part of 
the model that that I teach and that Sarah teaches in detail and slowly has helped me figure out what my thoughts are. So I'm just going to pause you for a second. If you're new to the podcast and you're like, what's the model? Go back to episode two. I explain all about it. So perfect. Yeah. But I think just recognizing that when I feel something, it is coming from a thought in my brain and not a circumstance. But sometimes I can't find that thought. So writing, writing it all out, writing down how I'm feeling and what I'm doing when I feel that way, and actually taking time to figure out the thought that is causing me to feel that way has been the, has been the biggest thing to me because sometimes it surprises me. Oh, of course. Yeah. We all have like thoughts in there that are hidden, right? Yes. So many. And that happens to me all the time that I'm like, well, I am thinking the thought my son could, could potentially be exposed tomorrow. Okay. He could potentially be exposed to his allergen at the birthday party tomorrow. That's what's causing me anxiety. But once I start writing it down and really just like brain dumping all of the thoughts that are coming to me without any judgment of myself, I'm able to typically find a deeper thought. And, and for a child with an anaphylactic food allergy, a lot of times my deeper thought is that he, he could die. He could, he could die from this. Of course. Um, and it's, but, but on the surface, excuse me, on the surface, I think it's the birthday party that's making Mm -hmm. me feel yes anxious or afraid Mm -hmm. yes or I think that flying on the airplane is what is making me feel contention or or confusion or whatever whatever I might be feeling or um or the doctor's appointment that's coming up I think that the doctor's appointment is to see his allergist is causing me to feel anxiety But once I write that down, I am able to process all of the thoughts that are actually causing it because I've gone to many doctor's appointments before where I'm actually excited. I feel really excited to go to the doctor's appointment. And you all know that because you're doctor's wives. You're like, everyone's excited to see the the doctor, right? (laughs) Sometimes people are though, right? Sometimes people are excited to see their doctor because they know they're thinking the thought he is going to heal me. Yes. He can help me and or I'm going to get relief. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. And sometimes people are not excited to see the doctor because they're thinking this is never going to work. Right. Or, or they're going right? to judge me or she yes. doesn't understand. We want to give a shout out to all the female physicians as well. <laughs> yes. Yeah. She, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. But, but like just acknowledging that we have all of these thoughts and some of them are totally, most of them are totally unconscious. Mm-hmm. And I love just doing a thought dump when I'm feeling a feeling and I can't figure out where it's coming from, but I can guarantee you that it is not coming from the doctor's the appointment, the doctor's appointment or the airplane it's- ride or the yeah. airplane ride or the birthday party. It's coming from a thought that you're thinking about it. Yes. And oh, it that's doesn't, so good. it doesn't make your feeling about it wrong. You can, you can still feel that fear. 
Yeah. What I mean, what I've heard, what I'm hearing you say is that like you, it's not like you've eradicated the fear. No, you just understand fundamentally where it comes from. Yes. And, and that even so- when you think you don't know, even when you think, oh, it, it, it's coming from the birthday party, you're like, let me just get out on paper what I'm actually thinking. Yep. Definitely. And, and when you do that, you're able to, you're able to process it. Like I said, you're able to process that thought and that feeling under your, under your weighted blanket or whatever, wherever you need to do it. And then then move forward and And choose intentionally what you want to do. Yeah. And maybe you choose to stay at the birthday party, Mm -hmm. right? That's okay. We choose that a lot. You just want to make sure that you're not choosing that out of that feeling of fear, right? Mm. Because you're thinking he's definitely going to be exposed today. Right. If we're at a birthday party and we think the thought, I would love to stay and be sure that he's safe. We are going to feel confident and we're going to stay at the birthday party and enjoy our time. It's just a matter of where are you coming from? Why are you choosing to stay at that birthday party? Why are you choosing to leave that birthday party? Maybe you've processed it and you can leave. Yeah. But working through those thoughts has been, working through those thoughts has been so helpful to me, getting them all out on paper and figuring out which one is really causing my feelings. Okay. So this is so good. And I have one more question for you. What are like, you've, you've spoken to a few of the common things that moms of kids with food, food allergies, like experience. Is there anything else that you haven't, that, that they are particularly afraid of that you haven't mentioned or that, that like somebody who, whose child doesn't have a food allergy wouldn't understand, like, yeah. why would they want to get help from you? as somebody who like has actually been through it. Yeah, definitely. I think there's so much power in, um, working with people who know what you're going through, right? We can actually feel those feelings and, and figure out a little bit more of the thought process because we've been through it ourselves. Um, one of the most common things for me that gives me anxiety and, and some things Some things sound silly even to me, but this is something that's really hard for me. I dislike telling my best friend that my son can't eat dinner at her house because I don't trust her enough to not cross-contaminate the food. Yeah. It's a really big deal for me. I mean, the second someone invites us to dinner... Oh, every single time my shoulders feel heavy. My heart starts pumping fast and I get a knot in my stomach every single time because I'm thinking I have to tell my best friend that I don't trust her. Yeah. That feels really scary to me and rude is rude a feeling. (laughs) It feels rude to me to say that to some, to my best friend. But I always have to just take a breather. And I now that I've learned this, I can pretty much immediately change my thought in this scenario to my priority is my son's safety. Yeah. And when I think my priority is my son's safety, I feel really confident. And I'm able to just express my needs and my son's needs to my friend. 
and say, oh, we would love to come to dinner. I will bring dinner for Myers. He won't be eating there. Yes. And and then from there on, I mean, if she gives me a weird look or she laughs at me or says that I'm silly, it doesn't even matter because I have this thought, my priority is my son's safety and I'm feeling super confident. Yes. And so then you allow her to have her own experience with what you said. She might think like how rude, but she also could just as easily think like, oh, phew, like I'm so relieved. I don't have to like worry about that. Or wow, she's a rock star that she, she navigates this so easily or whatever. Like we, we just don't have control over what the people outside of us think. Right. And there's so much power in that. And I didn't really learn that until the last few years either that everyone gets to have their own experience. Yes. But I love it because that means I get to, I get to have my own experience too. And they don't get to choose what my experience is. My son's allergy doesn't get to define what my experience is in any scenario, right? On that airplane, at the birthday party, any of these things, I get to choose what my experience is and I do it from my thoughts. Oh, that's so good. Okay, Chelsea, tell my listeners how they can get more help from you. Okay, awesome. Well, this month, November, I'm actually doing, um, I'm launching an awesome program that I'm really excited to tell you about. It starts December 1st. It'll be every Thursday in December. And food allergy moms or caregivers or anyone who um, is kind of in this world or is experiencing other kids who are around you that are in this world can come and join. I am going to be doing those four classes and teaching you all about how to find food allergy freedom. So I'm really excited about that. And is there a link that you can send me that they can find in the show notes? You'll just send me the link and they can click on that. I'll send you the link. You can click on that to sign up. And I would love to have you there. I know that through coming to the class and putting in the work, you will be able to find so much mental clarity and I will be able to help you with that. But, but the best thing about this is that I'm going to teach you how to find it yourself. Oh, that's so good. So good. And yeah. And when you get that clarity, like I said, not that you have it all the time. I still, I get fuzzy. I get stressed. I sweat. I, I feel that fear, but I'm able to offer myself the clarity and when you get that, you'll be able to offer it to your child too, which is that really is priceless. It is. It's so priceless. So that's the first way you can find me. And then you can find me on any of your podcast apps. Uh, it's called Food Allergy Freedom for Moms. So pretty easy Perfect. to find me there. And I operate as Winter Holler Coaching on Instagram. So you can go there, you can follow me, uh, you can get material there, and you can also schedule coaching sessions there just through my link in my bio on my Instagram. Awesome. And we'll put all of that in the show notes as well. Thank you so much for being here. Yes. Thank you for having me, Sarah. Thanks for all you've done to bring me into this world of coaching. And I'm really excited to keep moving forward and help all of your listeners and other moms that have food allergy children with food allergies. Oh my goodness. You're going to do so much good. Seriously. This is going to be revolutionary for these, these moms and their kids. So thanks so much for sharing with them. Thanks Sarah. Bye. 
If you are learning from and enjoying this podcast, give me a shout out on your podcast app or recommend this to a friend. Find me on Instagram at winterhollercoaching. Thanks for joining me today. See you next week, Allergy Moms.